a good God. You are a good King. Jesus, we thank you that you reign. God, you are seated high. You are seated, Lord, high above everything. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, we thank you that nothing is too hard for you. God, no situation is too complex. No situation is too far gone for you, Jesus. Yeah, so we just lift our eyes, God, above everything that is going on in the world right now, Lord. We lift our eyes above a cloud of chaos and confusion. We fix our eyes and we focus our attention on you, Jesus. For you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy of our attention. You are the only one who is worthy of our worship. Yeah, so we fix our eyes, Lord, on you this morning. God, we set aside all distractions. We have come to worship you, Jesus. We have come to bow down. God, we have come to lift your name high. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Yeah, may our worship be a sweet sound to you. Holy Spirit, help us to worship Jesus this morning. Help us to worship and give him the praise and the honor and the glory that he deserves this morning.
weapons unseen Your enemies crash to their knees As we rise up in worship When trials unleash like a flood The battle belongs to as we cry out in worship Oh, the victory The victory is yours You're riding on the storm Your name is unfailing Though kingdoms rise and fall Your throne withstand
Surrounding me, let it break. 
Jesus. 
just as we lift up the name of Jesus, you can see in the spirit realm that chains are breaking. Chains of addiction are breaking as we lift up that holy name, Jesus. We've come to lift up his name. We've come to break chains. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus a little more. His name is Jesus. Chains are dropping as we lift up his name. There's a word specifically for somebody caught in alcohol addictions. You've been faithful in attending AA meetings. But he wants you to know the name of Jesus is the God of your higher power. See, when you lift up the name of Jesus, chain of alcohol is breaking, will break over your life. It's a change of focus to that holy name, that faithful name. It's going to, just once more, to focus on the name of Jesus as we, we, as we join with heaven, we join with the angels in this chorus of power and this chorus of authority. There is no other name by which man can be saved. There is no other God by which man can be saved. There is no other Savior than the name of Jesus. There is no other healer. There is no other deliverer.
That's his name. His name is Jesus. He's a chain breaker. He's a grave destroyer. He's the beginning and the end. He's the name that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that name. Is the name that is above every other name. He's the name that is above every addiction. His name is above every sickness. That's why we crown him with many crowns. The name of Jesus is greater than cancer. The name of Jesus is greater than leukemia. The name of Jesus is greater than arthritis. 
name of Jesus is greater than any depression or anxiety that may trouble your mind. Every name known to man must bow its knee and must succumb to that of a higher power and a higher authority. There is no one more powerful than Jesus. He's the greatest king ever to walk upon this earth. His name is greater than Corona. His name is more beautiful than all the flowers of the field. And he's offering his name to you. He's calling you to be a partaker in his name. He's calling us to be overcomers. We have a few days on this earth to become fixated upon the name of Jesus. There is no life outside his name. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for giving us your name. going to invite you into the name of Jesus today. It's time to slow down and refocus. It's time to turn off Netflix. It's time to turn off YouTube. It's time to silence the clatter. It's time to turn off the evening news. Come on, it's time to focus on the name of Jesus. need a divorce with media we need to get a divorce with the lies of the world we need to get a divorce with idle chatter and be reunited to Jesus be reunited to your family be reunited to your spouse your husband to your wife to your children it's a time of testing for the church when noise has to stop pure worship must arise enough of the clamor truth must be worshipped his name is truth Jesus is truth there's a desire on the earth today for truth we've had enough lies word is true Jesus is the revealed word of God he can be trusted he's a faithful God he will not lie he cannot lie you can depend upon him don't listen to the lies of men 
time for the church to refocus. It's time for the body of Christ to put aside its programs, to focus on truth, to focus on the God of all truth. It's time to refocus on Jesus. The Bible tells us without a vision, my people perish. Jesus must be our vision. He must be in our focus. Without Him, the blind are leading the blind. Open your eyes to Jesus today. Set your gaze upon Him. Refocus your attention on Him. Remove your focus from social media and YouTube current events and focus on Him, on Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and the effects of sin. There is no other cleansing available to man other than the blood of Jesus. No other deliverance from man's sins than the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus speaks better things. Better things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here. Thank you for the opportunity to do church, to fellowship with one another. Two or three are gathered in his name. He's there with us and just encourage you to keep gathering in whatever way you can over Skype or whatever method through worship and prayer with one another and speaking over the phone. Bible encourages us, uh, do not stop meeting together. We want to honor the laws of the land, but we want to honor our great King. We want to Jesus, honor Jesus. We want to invite him into every gathering we have. Jesus should have preeminence. So the word of God is uh, trustworthy and true. And it is the most uh, accurate historical document that mankind has. It is the most accurate history book um, not only is it completely 100% true in all of its accuracy for past events, but it's also 100% true in all future events as well. That's why we call it a prophetic book. Not only does it tell us history, but it tells us the present and the future. So nothing takes God by surprise. We have a God who's seen... Uh, the end from the beginning and he's gone before us
There is nothing that happens to man or to your life that he he doesn't know about that. So he's a God. That's why the Bible calls him the God of all comfort. He's able to comfort you in whatever you're going through right now in your life. He's a God of all comfort. Why? Because he's already been there. And there's no trial or tribulation or temptation known to man that Jesus wasn't able to go through triumphantly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So as we look through a little history through the word of God, we see God's solution for man's problems is always the same. And his solution is himself, is Jesus. Jesus is always the solution whenever there's darkness or sickness or famine or strife. Jesus is always God's solution. I don't know why we look elsewhere. Right back in the, in the garden, Garden of Eden. When man disobeyed God and sorrow came into the world. And we see that uh, man was naked hid himself and had to sew together fig leaves for clothing because he felt ashamed. We see the Lord had a solution for the shame that came into man's life and, and we know the Lord killed that animal and clothed man in his love with this animal skins. So up until this time, uh, blood had not been shed in the garden, but because of man's rebellion and wrong choice, we see an animal had to had to suffer, had to pay the price, and we see the fig leaves were insignificant to cover man's nakedness, and the Lord, in His love, provided a covering for man, for man's nakedness. And as the Lord dressed Adam, we see that the, uh, the, the blood, the stain of blood, was on the inside of that clothing as a reminder of the blood of Jesus. <clears throat> so we see right in the beginning, God's solution for man's problems, man's sin, man's failure was always Jesus, always the blood of Christ. Every other uh, plan and solution that man comes up with is insignificant and is going to fail outside Jesus. As we travel further along in the Bible, we come to a man uh, by the name of Abraham. And God called Abraham to come out from an idol-worshipping city 
the Ur of the Chaldees and come into a, a land of promise, come on a journey with God. And God wanted a, a group of people, desired a group of people that would, would know him and be his representatives on the earth. God promised Abraham that he would bless him and make him a blessing. God was calling Abraham to be his friend. And through friendship with God, Abraham was able to introduce others uh, to this great God. And in Genesis chapter 15, if you have a Bible, you're not driving your car, <laughs> then, yeah, please turn. And um, right in the midst when the father is promising Abraham these blessings, uh, he's promising that his seed uh, would be like the stars of, of the sky and, and he encouraged Abraham to take up, look up into the night sky and, and at that time there was no city lights to, to dampen the, the brightness of the stars. So as Abraham was gazing up into that star-filled sky, gazing at the hundreds of thousands of stars, God encouraged Abraham and said, your descendants uh, will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Abraham was surprised because at that time he, he, he didn't have a child. He also promised him a land, the land of Canaan, a beautiful land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Abraham was also surprised at that. He wanted to believe God, but he struggled in his heart. So he asked God uh, for a sign. Genesis 15. Um, in verse 7. The Lord said to Abraham, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And Abraham replied and said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Um, so we see in this next few verses, I won't read it out, uh, but basically God made a covenant uh, basically for Abraham. And we see he got a bunch of animals or a bunch of God's creation and split them in half and made a line of animals. And there was so much blood and gore that uh, vultures came down to begin to eat the carcasses. And we see verse 11, Abraham drove them away. Next thing we see, Abraham fell into a, a sleep. And it must have been a sleep from the Lord because, uh, you know, I don't think, that, <laughs> you know, this type of scenario would be conducive to sleeping. And, uh, you know, you don't walk into a butcher's shop and, and you know, pull up a, a pillow in the corner and go to sleep. But we see Abraham was brought into a sleep um, because God was showing Abraham that this covenant that I have made uh, with you has nothing to do with you. So while Abraham was sleeping, 
God was working. And God was trying to show to Abraham that I've made an, a covenant with myself to bring you to myself or to bring you into a land of blessing. And the Lord wants each one of us to know that his promises for us have nothing to do with us. His promises for us have to do with the eternal covenant that he has set up from the ages past. And all we have to do is say, yes, Lord, I believe. So your ability to perform or your ability uh, to, to shape up to God's standard has, has nothing to do with the promise that he has set before you in the previous eternity. And that covenant is that, that Jesus would come and be torn apart and that his blood would be shed to cleanse you and deliver you from every sin and every problem that could come into your life. So it's time to refocus on the covenant that God has made uh, with himself. So we see uh, that the Lord passed through that line of dead animals. And what we know, we can know a little bit about covenants, is that when there was uh, disagreement between two parties, uh, they would shed uh, animals or they would shed blood and, and the two would walk through uh, the division that had been made. So one thing we know is that division uh, always causes death and bloodshed. That's why God hates division. God hates separation. The Lord says what God has brought together, let no man separate. God has brought mankind uh, together around him. And if we separate from him, uh, this is not pleasing to the Lord. However, we see God didn't make a covenant with man. He made a covenant with himself. Because God is faithful and he is the only one uh, that cannot fail. Jesus proved that to us when he came to the earth. He lived an overcoming life. He lived a life without sin, without failure. He was 100% trustworthy. He's a faithful God. And see, if God made a covenant with man, man would fail. But if God made a covenant with himself, he would not fail. So salvation... Uh, for us, healing for us, deliverance for us is 100% secure. It is the, Jesus made a way for us before uh, we were in our mother's womb. So God promises to Abraham uh, that to your descendants I have given this land.
And in John 17, when Jesus was on the earth, he prayed uh, for the church. And he's, he's, he said to the Lord, his, his last prayer that he prayed uh, that was recorded, other than when he was, was on the cross, um, was that he prayed uh, for the church. He said, I do not pray uh, for the world, not that he wasn't praying for the world, but he was praying uh, that the church would be one, that division would go. And um, he prayed that division would go, that we would reflect the Trinity God, because in the Trinity God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, we see that they're three, but they're one. So they're, they're perfectly united. They're not divided. So that's why he prayed for his church, that we would reflect him, that we would reflect the Trinity God, that we wouldn't divide, that we, we would be united, and that we wouldn't allow uh, silly little thoughts and uh, you know, pressures from the world, lies from the world to bring division into his church. And these are the days uh, where we need to be refined by fire, fire of the Holy Ghost, and refocus on Jesus. And not to be, um, you know, just led astray by the whims of the world, but focus on Christ. And we see, because God is so united... Is perfect unity in the Trinity. Anything other than unity, it doesn't please his heart and he doesn't desire that for his church. And uh, there will be differences of, of opinion and there's different callings, different graces in each one of us, but we have to come together in unity and be united around uh, our great God, our Trinity God. So as we travel, travel uh, further into history, we see uh, in this story, God uh, told Abraham that there would be a time of darkness. And he spoke about captivity, 400 years captivity in Egypt. And see, nothing, nothing takes God by surprise. So fast forward into uh, the land of Egypt and we see... Uh, in the book of Exodus, that God's people surely were in uh, captivity in Egypt. And 400 years, they were, they were slaves. That's a long time. But nothing takes God by surprise. And we know there was a series of plagues uh, which were not able to fully deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. But final, the final deliverance came... Uh, for God's people, when the firstborn was, was slain, the firstborn of every household of every Egyptian family was slain. And we see here also a type of Christ. There is no deliverance outside the death of Christ. He's the firstborn son of God. And... Uh, for the children of Israel, uh, their deliverance came through the blood of Christ. And we know that they were instructed 
in the Egyptians' household because we see while there was light uh, in the house of the Israelites, there was darkness in the Egyptians' household. And with that darkness, there was confusion and there was distress. We see that, that there was a great cry in the household of the Egyptians. And while there was uh, actually feasting in the household of the Israelites, and there was beautiful smells of roast lamb, there was a stench of death in the household of the Egyptians. There was a cry of anguish and pain. And there was darkness, there was confusion, and there was distress. And these are the days of the, uh, what we call a lockdown. But we're encouraged actually just to go into our closets and to lock down and to enter into his presence, enter into the presence of God and enjoy the lamb, enjoy the lamb of God, feast on the lamb. And uh, the Israelites were encouraged not to leave any of it untouched. Um, but if, there's, if you can't finish it, then they, they were encouraged to call their neighbours to partake, to eat all of it. And that speaks to us about the teachings of Christ, the truth of God's word, that we should not just have part of it, uh, that we should have all of it. That, that Jesus, the truth of Jesus is that he didn't just come to save our souls, but he came to heal our bodies and to deliver uh, deliver us from every uh, demonic influence over our lives and over our families. But these are the days that we shouldn't, we shouldn't be looking to the Egyptians uh, to lead us. All we need is the Lamb of God uh, to be our focus. All we need is the smell of the Lamb in our household. All we need is the blood on, on our doorposts. And then we will have light and we will have deliverance. Psalm 34, David had this revelation. He said, encouraged uh, those around him to taste and see the Lord is good. Taste and see. The Lord wants us uh, to enjoy him, to taste of his sacrifice prepared for us from before the foundation of the world. Taste and see. He's to be tasted. That means God is to be experienced. He's not uh, a harsh God. And he doesn't just relate to us intellectually, but he relates to us emotionally and physically. When you sit down and have a good roast meal, uh, all of your senses are involved. You can smell it. You can taste it. Uh, you, you can even hear uh, the sound of the, uh, the chewing. <laughs> you, can, you can hear that joyful sound you know, around the table as you... Uh, partake with your family and enjoy the food that's been prepared for us. The Lord wants us just to shake off our religious spirit and just enjoy him, even though uh, the world is suffering, even though there's darkness in the land of the Egyptians, even though there's death and dying in the world today. The Lord wants his people uh, to enjoy him and to be filled uh, with satisfaction. He wants us to be satisfied with him. Jesus is the bread of life. And uh, Jesus truly satisfies. And he's the one that 
that is to be desired. And Jesus encouraged his disciples or those followers when he was on the earth. He said, if you don't partake of me, uh, you, if you don't eat my flesh and you don't drink my blood, then you will not uh, enjoy me. You will not have any, anything to do with me. And, and David also in Psalm 23, we know he had this revelation that the Lord had prepared a table uh, before him in the midst of his enemies. And these are the days uh, when there's much distraction going on round about us. Many voices. Everyone has an opinion. Um, you know, I, I myself don't need to listen uh, to, to the media or, you know, the news or social media because instantly within, uh, you know, three minutes of a new news break coming, at least three or four people tell me what's going on. So um, we are so well informed that, you know, we really need to discipline our lives every day and turn our phones off and just set aside some time uh, to just go in and close our door and just lock down, lock down with the Lord and just focus on him. These are the days where we need to refocus. Second um, Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. So we see man is responsible for the current sickness in the world, man's sin. And we, as God's people, have a responsibility actually to bring healing uh, to the land. And the reason why sickness is ravishing the world today is because the church hasn't taken the responsibility that God has given us. And I would love it if everybody uh, could take at least half an hour every day to, to pray uh, for our land and there is a plague in the world today. It's very real. It's not fake. It's not a lie. There is a genuine sickness in the world today. We have the, the antidote. We have the healing answer. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ. But the word of God has gone before us. And, you know, lockdown is not, it's not new for God. It's new for us. Um, but we see... The Israelites were, were locked down for a period of time, uh, but deliverance came as they roasted the lamb in the oven and applied the lamb, the blood of the lamb to the doorpost. So I pray today we would do the same thing and we would take responsibility and authority over our land, over our household, over our streets, over our community. In fact, let's just, before we go further, let's just pray I feel the Holy Spirit would encourage us right now just to pray together wherever you are. Let's just pray for a, for a minute for the land, for our families. Let's take the authority that Jesus gave us and let's drive out sickness. Let's drive out darkness. Father, I thank you for the blood of the Lamb. We thank you that your provision is enough. 
Right now we join together with all who are hearing this podcast. We join together in faith. We link our spirits together. We take authority, the authority that you gave us, Lord, and we apply that authority and we command sickness. We command darkness to go, to go from our families. Right now, spirit of fear and confusion, go. Go from our land. Go from the northern beaches. Go from the city of Sydney. Go from the nation of Australia. We bind a strong man that's been invited in through lives that have been deceived in darkness. We command darkness to go and the light of life to come. All sickness, the spirit of sickness, the spirit of fear over our nation must go. In Jesus' name, we declare everywhere the sole of our feet tread uh, is life and healing. Lord, I thank you that we are your representatives on this earth. Amen. Let's continue to pray every day for our land. Father, I ask that you would forgive us for neglecting to take the responsibility for our land. Forgive us for our wayward hearts. Forgive us for our compromise. Set our hearts ablaze for you. Help us to be faithful to your word and to your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. As we fast forward... To the birth of Christ, we see uh, that at Jesus' birth, kings of the earth came uh, to Bethlehem and they came to celebrate the birth of a king, a king that was greater than any king that this world had known. And we see the kings of the earth came uh, with their gifts and they came to King Herod and they said, where is the king born of the Jews? And King Herod began to tremble in his boots. But we see uh, true worship came uh, to the earth uh, when this noble king, this mighty king was born uh, in a manger. And that was a fulfillment of Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3. And these are the days where King Jesus uh, needs to be born in our lives. And King Jesus needs to manifest in our lives. And, and he is longing to, be, to manifest through our lives as we give him room, as we honour him. I believe the kings of the earth who are looking for hope, looking for a saviour will be drawn to us. In Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 3, Arise, shine, uh, for your light has come. This is a prophetic word uh, for the, the people of God in these days. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. What is the glory of the Lord? The glory of the Lord is Jesus. He is risen upon us. He's been manifest in our midst. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth in a form of darkness, in the form of disease. It will cover the earth and deep darkness to people. 
spirit of fear, deep darkness over the people. But the Lord, but the Lord will arise over you. Something greater, something more powerful, something more noble. That is Jesus and his glory will be seen upon you. And we see the effect of that as we allow the Lord to rise up in our midst. Gentiles will come to your light and kings of the earth to the brightness of our rising. And there is a revival that is about to hit this earth and it's already started. Uh, we see in, in, in America, uh, there's, there's revival. There's many coming uh, to the Lord in the streets. And uh, we are in a time of uh, darkness in the city of Sydney at the moment. There's a spirit of fear. But as the church allows Jesus to rise up in our midst, I believe he, light is going to break forth in the next few weeks. And that Jesus is going to rise up. And we're going to see in the coming months people coming to Christ. Gentiles coming into the light. The kings of the earth are going to come into the church because the church has the answer that the world does not have. So we now as the church should not look to the Egyptians for answers. They do not have the solution. The solution is in the word of God. And as we encourage ourselves in the word of God, Jesus will be exalted. Jesus will be lifted up. Uh, when Jesus met John the Baptist, it was a time in Israel that was, it was a dark time in Israel. It was a time uh, when the Romans uh, were controlling uh, the Israelites. Not only were they controlled, the Israelite people were controlled by the Roman army, but they were also controlled by religious uh, Pharisees. They were controlled in their religion. They were controlled physically. Uh, they were taxed heavily uh, by the Romans. They were oppressed and there was no uh, active word of God in the earth. But John the Baptist came as a, as a prophet, as a messenger. And he was a voice of God uh, to the Israelite people. But when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he said this. He said, behold, the lamb. Behold the Lamb. In other words, take your eyes off me and let's look to Jesus. And nothing has changed now, even though oppression is on the land. Control and religion is in the church. Jesus is here. And now is the time for us to behold him, to set our, our gaze upon him, set our affection upon him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist declared, I must decrease, that he must increase. And these are the days that as a church, uh, we have to be united together. And it's not, it's not the time to voice your opinion on social media. It's not the time for you to voice your opinion uh, in, even in your revival group or when we meet together on Skype, it's not the time for your voice to be loud. It's time to decrease. It's time to be quiet and to listen. It's time to gather around the Word of God and hear the Word of God, to worship the Lamb. Behold, I must decrease that He may increase. Word of God tells us where there's many words, sin is not absent. 
We have to humble ourselves. We have to be teachable. We have to be quiet. We have to exalt the Lamb, exalt the Word of God. Let our words bring Him glory. Let's not speak in the manner of the Egyptians, looking for answers, looking for solutions outside the blood of Christ. Jesus, when he was with his disciples in Matthew 17, he took his disciples on a journey because they just weren't getting it. He took them up the mountain and he was transfigured before them. He was glorified before his disciples. In Matthew 17, verse 2, his face shone like the sun. There's a reason that Jesus shines like the sun. Because he's more glorious. He's more beautiful than all of creation. And his clothes became white as the light. These are days we need to exalt Jesus We need to lift him up. We see in verse 5 or verse 4, we see Peter was getting quite excited and began to speak, began to exalt his opinions, began to voice his good ideas. He wanted to help. And he was very opinionated. He was very zealous. But while he was speaking, verse 5, while he was speaking, In other words, to God, Peter's words were not important. How many words do we speak that are not important to the Lord, that are not helpful, that don't build up one another? While he was speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And these are the days uh, when organized religion has been shut down. And I wonder, I wonder if the Lord is really pleased with all of our clamor, all of our programs, all of our words. I wonder if he just wants us to behold his son. I wonder if if he wants us to gaze upon him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him, hear him, hear the word of God. There's answers for us in the word of God. In Revelation uh, chapter 1, we see uh, John's revelation of Jesus to the churches. Uh, remember these churches, there were seven churches that uh, there were words spoken to. These churches were actually going through persecution. So there was, there was a lot of uh, opposition and persecution that we haven't seen in the nation of Australia, but there are our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that, that are even uh, losing their lives right now for the gospel. And I was speaking to uh, one brother from the Voice of Martyrs just this week who who rang us and was talking about uh, these things that are going on in the world today. There's a lot of persecution against God's people. Uh, But the answer 
God's answer uh, for persecution is Jesus, is to focus on Jesus. God's answer for darkness, opposition to the church is to focus on Jesus. He is our deliverer. And we see that each of these churches, these seven churches in Asia Minor, Revelation, you can read there from verse 11 onwards to verse 17. He addresses these churches. And verse 12, I turned, I, John, turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of these seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. So gone are the days when the hero or the man of talent, the man of ability, uh, you know, is, is the, main, the main thing. I mean, no longer man can be exalted in churches. Man just fails time and time again. But these are the days when Jesus needs to be exalted. One like to the Son of Man. And if we would exalt Jesus in our church, nations will come. Kings of the earth will come to the brightness of our rising. God is going to build his church. It's a promise. I will build my church. I will build my church. So we don't need any superheroes. There is one superhero. His name is Jesus. And as we exalt him, Nations will come. So we see Jesus standing in the midst of the churches, in the midst of the lampstands. One like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. Just take a few minutes just to... Meditate to think on the garment of the Lord. He's wearing a righteous garment. As we started off uh, this message, we see when man first messed up, the Lord provided a garment because the fig leaves, man's righteousness, man's righteous works weren't enough to adequately clothe him. So the Lord had provided a garment. And when Jesus came, when he came and became a man, when he came to earth, he became a man and he walked on the earth. Remember, it was that lady with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she'd been shamed by her society. She'd been rejected by her society. She'd been suffered with a, with a, a flow of blood. But something came into her heart that all she needed to do was just touch his garment. And when Jesus walked, that garment that flowed from his body and touched the ground, uh, she made contact with that garment and received healing in her body. So as we allow the Lord just to move in our midst, to move through our church, that means Jesus, our conversation, our thoughts, our meditation should be upon the Lord. Our conversation as we meet with one another should be on the Lord, not on this opinion and that opinion. Our conversation should be on Jesus. Then those who are sick 
will find healing. They'll find deliverance from the hem of his garment. So hem of his garment's a type of the church. It's a type of the priestly robe that we're called to, to wear. And as we walk through this world, we display his righteousness, but we also display his healing power, his deliverance, his provision in every way. Uh, we walk in freedom and we bring freedom to those who are bound. So we see Revelation 1.14, his head and his hair were white like wool. So every aspect of Jesus' life uh, brings healing and deliverance solution, wisdom. White hair like wool speaks about the wisdom of Christ. White as snow, his hair was white like wool. Wisdom, white as snow, holiness. We're called to live a life of holiness. Uh, it's no time for secret sin. No time uh, for addictions in your mind. The name of Jesus is able to set you free from every addiction. Any addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction, nicotine addiction, pornography addictions, any addiction... There's freedom uh, for you. His hair's white as snow. Just meditate upon him, upon Jesus. His eyes are like a flame of fire. Uh, nothing can hide uh, from his flame. You can pretend before man. You can even pretend before your family. But when you look to him, you look into his eyes. His eyes are purifying fire. He's able to purify uh, the sons of Levi, we're the sons of Levi, the sons of uh, that eternal priesthood, that Melchizedek priesthood. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he purifies us through gazing into his eyes. Um, in order to, one of, part of the process for the bride of Christ to be ready, for God's people to be ready is to, is to go through a refining process. And part of that refining process uh, is to just gaze into the eyes of Jesus. Um, and you'll see when you look into his eyes, you make eye contact with the Lord and the fire that is in his eyes uh, will purify your life. That is any secret sin in your life is able to be purified just like a you know a bushfire would come through the Australian bush and and purge out the weeds and the unwanted uh, yeah unwanted plant growth it purges it and then allows the natives uh, to to reseed and regrow um, certain seed pods which need the heat of the fire to to rejuvenate the natural bush so us as God's people, um, just coming to church and just reading your Bible and, you know, corporate prayer, corporate worship, as wonderful it is, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't prepare the bride of Christ to be fully prepared and ready for the Lord. We need to sit and gaze into his eyes. It's part of the process. And as we look into his eyes, the fire in his eyes will purify our lives. We see his feet. 
The feet of the Lord speak about judgment. They're like fine brass, able to walk through fire, able to take intense heat. There's a one judge in the earth. His name is Jesus. We should not judge one another. Apostle Paul uh, encourages the church, don't judge one another in keeping a feast or meat or drink or silly things. And, you know, it's easy to, to judge one another and allow divisions to come in our midst. Um, you know, there are differences of, of opinion, but just want to remind us that there is one judge. And there's going to come a day when all uh, will be revealed. And, you know, we should be careful of our opinions. We should keep our opinions to ourselves and focus on the Lord. Yeah, his feet like fine brass as refined in a furnace and his voice like the sound of many waters. His voice speaks about the word of God. There's many depths. There's depths to the word of God. And um, I would encourage you to go deeper into the word of God. And um, we know when you go deeper into the ocean, uh, you, there are different uh, species of fish that you know, are in different depths of the ocean. In the shallows of the ocean, there's bright, colorful fish. Uh, but as you go down deeper you get to bigger, bigger fish. And, um, yeah, when we first become a Christian, when we first have faith in Christ, uh, we, we're in, in the shallows, shallows of his love, and everything is bright and colorful and easy. You know, but we're encouraged to just go deeper, deeper, deeper into his presence and to experience more of him. And the rest of eternity uh, will be not enough to experience the depths of his love. His voice, his word, is as the sound of many waters. And verse 16, his right hand, the seven stars. that speaks about uh, his saints, his people, you and I. He holds us in the palm of his hand. And... Yeah, out of his mouth as a sharp two-edged sword is the promises of God. When, God. when Abraham questioned the Lord, he says, how, how, will, how do I know this will come to pass? The Lord showed Abraham, there's a covenant that I have with, made with myself uh, that you can depend upon us, the Trinity God. God does not lie, cannot lie. The word of God um, is sharper than a two-edged sword. Is able to divide the, the thoughts and the lies of men. His countenance, his whole countenance is like the sun shining in all his strength. So just in closing, what does this mean for us as a church in these days and how do we come, you know, because we can't stay in the prayer closet all day. And, um, you know, this period of lockdown is only for a short season, really. It's just a short time. 
And, but how are we going to be when we come out of lockdown and when we come back together in community worship? Are we going to be different? But let's have a quick look in Colossians chapter 3. I think this, this is quite relevant to us today as a church. I want to speak prophetically over us. And if you would have a, an ear to listen, please uh, just take a few, few more minutes just to hear God's word. Please don't hear my voice, but hear uh, the word of God. Colossians 3, verse 1. Uh, this, this piece of scripture was, the heading is uh, not to be carnally minded, but uh, to be Christ, Christ's representatives. It is possible as Christians to be carnally minded and to get your opinions from the Egyptians. If you then were raised with Christ, that is spiritually raised, you've been resurrected, born again, and filled with the Holy Spirit, raised spiritually with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Uh, why is he telling us, the church, to seek those things that are above? Because it, we have a tendency to be naturally minded, carnally minded, and to seek the things of the earth. These are times when the things of the earth are unstable. We have to seek we encourage to seek those things which are above, where Christ is. Set your affection. Uh, the King James, the old King James says, set your affection on things above. Verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, your affections. Set your affections, your love, your desire on the things above, not on the things of this earth. If you're dead, you're dead to your opinions, you're dead to your carnal desires, your natural desires, your life is hidden with Christ in God. So all of our thoughts, all of our conversation, all of our desires, all of our passions are in Christ, with God, in God, with Christ. Then Christ, who is our life, appears, you'll also appear with him in glory. We're getting ready to meet the Lord Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. The wrath of God will be revealed on sin and disobedience. Verse 8. Put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. You know, it grieves me when I hear just in these days from God's people, you know, filthy language it grieves the Spirit of God. Or even, you know, Christian swear words. Our heart needs to be pure because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Put off malice, blasphemy. Idol worship, put off the idols, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another. Put on the new man, put off the old man, put on Christ. In verse 11, he's addressing division in the church, division which comes uh, through culture and political uh, agendas put off these things put off 
these cultures, the cultures of Egypt. Because in Christ is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised. Barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and in all. So, you know, as the Egyptians, um, you know, were suffering in their homes, the Israelites were feasting. They were feasting on the lamb. But, you know, for 400 years, they'd been suffering at the hand of the Egyptians. For 400 years, they'd been whipped and tormented by the Egyptians. But we see Jesus came and turned everything around. That's why he must be our focus. The blood of Jesus is our only deliverer. He's our only hope. And if you don't put your faith in the blood of Jesus, if you don't appropriate the blood of Jesus over your life, if you don't eat his flesh and drink his blood, then you will suffer in darkness and distress. But there is healing and deliverance for those who not call themselves Christians, not attend church, but those who appropriate the blood of Jesus, those who apply the blood of Jesus, those who eat his flesh, those who drink his blood. There's freedom, there's deliverance, there's healing. And what does that mean? It means, verse 13, that we begin to bear with one another, bear with our differences, that we begin to reflect the nature of our Trinity God, unity in diversity. We see the Trinity God to be one, they are three. There is differences, but there is unity. And Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he said, I'd only say that which my Father says. I only do that which my Father does. There is no separation from me and the Father. So let not his body separate on mindless thoughts of the Egyptians. Let us be unified around the love of Christ and the blood of Jesus. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also must do. It's so much in the heart of God that his church would be united. In order for this revival to be poured out on his church, it needs to be unity. Unity around the blood of Christ. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Verse 14, but above all these things, put on Christ. Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And then the peace of God will rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body. So that which God has joined together, let no man bring division. Let no man put asunder. The last prayer that Jesus prayed, Father, let them be one as we are one. I'll just ask the worship team uh, to 
come and lead us in some worship. Jesus is the only one uh, that satisfies us. We're called to be like Christ. I might ask uh, Brother Sim to come and pray uh, for us in a minute. I want to encourage us, put on love, put it on. It's something, the love of Christ is something uh, that we must continually put on because um, there is a pull that the world has. And, you know, with all the, uh, the Instagram, social media, the news, daily press conferences, idle chatter, fear, gossip, going around. We need to put on Christ. And uh, the enemy wants to bring division in the church because revival is coming and we need to be united. Uh, you know, once uh, Reinhard Bonnke was being interviewed and there was a discussion going on amongst uh, some some Christians, you know, a bit of a disagreement over doctrine. And Reinhard Bonnke, that great evangelist, uh, was asked his opinion. And Reinhard responded, you know, uh, when I have stopped breaking chains, then I will start splitting hairs. And these are the days when we need to start breaking chains. And because we're not busy breaking chains, we, we start splitting hairs, even discussing things that are not on God's agenda. Round about us there are people suffering, the, imprisoned through invisible chains. God has called us to be chain breakers. In Colossians 3, verse 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Just let that sink into you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And he won't share your heart with another. So, Father, we ask that you would remove idols from our lives. Even the idol of social media. You know, an idol is anything that cools your passion for the Lord. Anything that robs your passion for the Lord. The idol of men. Lord, I ask you would strip us from being men-pleasers. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So I pray that as we meet together, we'd encourage one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 
whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Come, Lord Jesus, come and feed us with your presence. Just take this moment just to connect with the Lord. I don't want you just to hear my voice. You know, you don't need another voice. You need the Word of God. You need the voice of God to speak. Partake of His presence. Jesus gave His body for you. Gave His flesh for you. There'd be life. Partake of the Lord. going to sing about the bread of heaven um, after we do that I encourage you just stay on for us a little bit I'm going to pass over to to Sim and he's going to pray we ask everyone would just take a moment to seek him together he's a bread of heaven that was broken for us came to satisfy us Lord Jesus Lord Jesus, we receive you. We receive you in our hearts. Set our focus upon you. Lord, take our eyes off the Egyptians. Thank you for the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Thank you for the lamb that was prepared. Lord, we thank you for the covenant that you made for us. There's no fear in your presence. Thank you for the blood that was spilled. song but um I just felt to share a vision that the Lord gave me um just this last week and um I saw this vision of the earth and it was covered in a thick dark cloud of confusion and chaos and it represented um the coronavirus and everything that went with it the politics the division judgment anxiety depression disunity anger and deceit so it covered the earth's atmosphere and people were running in all different directions trying to blindly find solutions on earth but the lord kept calling his people to look up and and this verse came to mind uh, from psalms and it says i lift my eyes up to the hills where does my help come from my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth and i kept hearing the lord say look up and as the lord's people looked up and focused on him 
I could see that, uh, that above this, this cloud, the air was clear. It was like, like blue sky and, and it was clarity of mind. People could hear clearly, they could see clearly and they could understand and see what was true. And there was just such freedom. And it was when they looked up, they got the solution to bring back to earth. And I saw that as the Lord's people, uh, after they had looked up and they came back to earth, it was as if they were, they were glowing, like they were carrying light, but they were the light. And, and they spread out around the earth and the light started to spread. And as the light spread, it pushed out the darkness. It drove out the darkness. So I just wanna encourage you as we sing this last song, just to fix your eyes and focus your attention on Jesus. Yeah. So when we focus on Him is when we, when we see truth. When we focus on Jesus, we see truth.
Zacharias. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just thank you for, for coming as a shepherd to us. Yeah, thank you that you're bringing fresh, living bread in your hands, feeding your lambs, feeding your sheep, Lord. Oh, we're grateful to you. We're thankful that you're our sufficiency. You're enough. You're all that we need. Yeah, Lord, and I just pray that, that we would be those that would be this generation that seek him, who seek your face. And I thank you, Lord, for the invitation to lift up our heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. We honor you as the King of glory, Jesus. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Oh, Jesus, we just thank you that, that you are mighty. Oh, you're a valiant, valiant warrior. And we thank you the battle is won by you. The victory belongs to you. And the victory belongs to your people. So I just pray for people who would stand in victory. Oh, who would stand in your presence. Who would stand in your throne room, bold and confident in what your blood has done. Yeah, and I thank you that your blood has broken every chain. Yeah, it's broken every clasping loop individually so that the chains would be in disrepair. They cannot be put back together again and placed on your people again, Lord. Yeah, so I thank you, Lord, that you are tuning our voice. You're helping us to speak your words. You're helping us to hear your voice, your whisper. Oh, thank you that you have tuned the frequency in us to hear only your voice. And I just break its power in Jesus' name. I just break the fear that has tried to plague minds. And I just declare that the shepherd's voice is speaking to you even right now. Just the voice of love that drives out every bit of fear. Oh, the voice of peace that causes a calmness and a stillness in your soul. So thank you, Jesus, for your, your quiet whisper that just stills any storm in people's minds. And I thank you for your love that oh, it just drives out all fear that we would just know that we are loved by you. Yeah. Just thank you for the freedom of your presence, the freedom of your touch, Lord. The freedom that, that your Holy Spirit births in us the freedom you created us for if you tell us for freedom he has set us free oh we're not going back under the yoke of bondage and slavery we are a free people oh, a lockdown does not define whether we are free or not your spirit in us is our freedom your spirit is the spirit of liberty and freedom yeah and thank you we get to walk free in your spirit Lord so just help us day by day, step by step, to walk in the freedom of your Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, help us to just retune the frequency that we're listening to and let it just be set to the frequency of your voice. And we thank you that the sheep who belong to the shepherd know his voice. He calls them by name. The stranger's voice they do not listen to. They do not beckon the stranger's voice. They are only led and beckoned by the shepherd's voice. So we just thank you, Jesus, for your voice. Thank you for being with us so close. Thank you for meeting us so just sweetly and beautifully this morning, Lord, just coming into our midst. And I just pray that yeah, you would just be walking through the walls of every person's household right now, meeting with them personally and intimately, just revealing your face to them. And I feel that all you're asking is just lift your eyes. Even even prophetically, if if you're listening to this and you're not driving, lift your eyes to Him. Just lift your eyes. Let your heart posture just be taken upward towards the King of glory. He just wants to fill you. He wants to satisfy every longing in your heart with His presence, with His person. Yeah, so just let Him consume you. Let Him just fill, fill you to overflowing. Let every care and concern be cast upon Him. He, he wants your cares and concerns. You don't need to deny that they're there, but just give them to Him and He'll give you peace. He'll give you Himself. Yeah, so He's declared just the transcendent peace that is your presence, Lord, to just come and invade every person's household. Yeah, and guard and protect their minds and hearts and Yeah, thank you. Any voice of the stranger, any remnant of what that voice is called is being removed right now in Jesus' name. Yep, every seed of deceit and deception and lie is just being ripped out of the soil of your heart right now. Oh, and the voice of love and truth is filling every part of your heart. The shepherd's voice is filling every part of your heart. Oh, and he's leading you. Just thank you for your leading, Jesus. You only need to follow him. That is all you need to do. Just follow Him, be be led by Him, listen to His voice. Listen to His words of love that He's speaking over you. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your love and we love you. Yeah. Just bless every every ear that is listening. Let us receive just just an impartation of of this peace that is our Lord Jesus. He himself is our peace. So yeah, just let him him touch you as as you go and as you go into your day or as you go into your week. Just let his touch be upon you. Don't, Don't leave before he has touched you. He desires to touch you. Let him touch you.